Teachers are so important. Like, they actually are. Care about it and, like, actually try. I believe it is a beautiful piece of art. Welcome along to See Me After Class for 2020. This is a podcast that emanates from a beautiful school in the southern Alps of New Zealand. Now, let's meet the team. And here is Cathy, a parent who aspires to make connections in a community to build a successful future. This is Chris, who aspires to be an agitator who tests the boundaries just to see how the system reacts. And this is Anna, a silent observer who's a go-between between the students and the teachers in a classroom. This is Renee, who aspires to forge a progressive and creative path. And together, we are See Me After Class. Welcome along to See Me After Class. We can't even remember what number it is. Post-COVID number two, I think. Yes, post-COVID number two, that's right. It's a restart of the podcast. Welcome along to the audience. We're actually partly here because people are asking for us to be back. So to the audience members who have written to us, we love you. And here we are, we're back. And this one's a special one for us because we've got three students with us. And our conversation last time was about uh, partially about a student-generated forum challenging some of our local racism that was run in the school a few weeks ago. And we're lucky enough now to have three of the people who were involved in putting that forum together and also who are essentially making their voices heard around the school in a way that we think is really impressive. So welcome to Tafiri and Hadley and Tucky who are part of that. Could I just get you to say hello? Morning. What's up, guys? Uh, g'day. <laughs> We've got a few questions we'd like to address to you. First of all, I guess, is where did all of this come from? You set up quite a powerful event, but it must have been motivated by by some thoughts or experiences that you personally had. Do you want to let us know what some of those were? Hi, I'm Hadley. And I guess the reason that it did start was during the quarantine period, I Tafiti actually sent me a video of a student up north speaking about what his thoughts were about racism in New Zealand and I guess I kind of thought that I could do the same so I went, took myself for a walk because I was a bit frustrated with the, with the video and I just started writing about what my personal experience with what I thought racism was about in New Zealand and then I posted on Facebook just to you know get it out there and then I woke up the next day and it had heaps of comments and shares and likes and I was like well this is kind of sick and then a couple of weeks later, um, a mate of mine's mum, Liz Breslin, she contacted me asking if she could put it in the new school newsletter. So I was like, yep, that's fine. So then, and then a couple of weeks later, she asked to put it in the Otago Daily Times. And I was like, whoa, that's a big step up from the school newsletter. <laughs> so, and then actually a teacher at the school, a past teacher that I had, Chris Logan, she came up to us during a lunchtime and asked if we wanted to speak to her class about kind of what the article was about and share our experiences. And then it all just kicked off from there. We got heaps of teachers asking us to come speak to their classes, usually about year nine or 10 classes. So yeah, and then we've just been flying since then. What was the message that you wanted to communicate? I'm Tafri and um, I guess the message that we wanted to share around was 
to not be afraid to show who you are and um, just be you. And is that something that is sometimes difficult to do in our community here? I think that it is pretty hard to do because racism, like as a concept, it's all sort of just pushed under the rug. People are uncomfortable talking about it. No one wants to acknowledge that it's in our society and they just act like it's not there when it is. So it's kind of hard to start talking about that because no one wants to have those conversations because it just makes them feel bad. And all three of you are Māori and you therefore are often on the sharp end of that conversation that people don't have. Do you, what would you say makes, makes your experience different to say someone like me, Pākehā, growing up in an environment like I think it's that it's become normalised that we do get kind of treated differently and it has, again, yeah, it's been normalised, the special treatment towards, I want to say, coloured people because we are considered different or, but we're not, you know, we're the exact same. What sort of differences do you experience? School. What happens at school? Um, I get treated like I'm not very at the top, like, I get treated like I'm one of the dumb um, students, um, teachers, some of my teachers, no names, <laughs> um, ask me all the time if I need to read or write or this and that. Um, I don't think I do, but I think they think that they, um, that I'm not capable enough to do the work. So based on the fact that you're Māori, there's yeah. an immediate presumption that yeah. you're going to need additional support. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty striking example of yeah. racism, isn't it? And it's, it's obviously this has happened to you here in our school. Obviously one of the things we can do better is to revise our prejudices, is to challenge ourselves. How, how else can we do things better? A big thing for me that we like to communicate to the younger children is that it's definitely to educate yourself. I feel like when I was younger, I, did, I didn't feel like my opinion really mattered on the subject because I knew that I wasn't very educated on the subject. So during the quarantine period and you know over the past few years, I've really been trying to educate myself on the land wars, racism in New Zealand, what it's been, what it is, what it's going to be. And now I feel like I've formed myself an opinion and now I feel like I'm mature enough to kind of get it out there without feeling like I'll be criticised or have backlash come towards my way. Right. So that's for people who want to empower themselves, is become well-informed. Yeah. Um, at the same time, what about people who are not, people who are Pākehā in the school who also care and want to make a difference? What sort of actions could they take in addition to being informed like you are? Uh, well, the main thing for being a younger generation at school is that we think that our voices, we can't change anything. Like, it just it doesn't make sense that we're able to do anything. All these older people, they make stuff, that's how it goes. We can't do anything. Mm. But then when you actually think about it, we are the only ones that can do something about it because like, we're the next generation and it's our, I mean, it's not our job, but it's what we want to do. And for children at school, even if you don't like experience racism, if you're Pakya or inter-European, I guess something that you could do, you could just like stand by what other people say, you could get out there, you could become advocates for making a difference. 
it's interesting how you might discover that as even though we're adults in the situation and therefore obviously often are more powerful, that sometimes we almost feel we need permission to do that. Like people are afraid of getting it wrong, I think. And so your message to them is to actually just do it. Is to, is to have a go at being supportive or I mean, one of the areas that we could do work is in the use of te reo Māori in our everyday speech. You're fluent in yeah. te reo, aren't you, yeah. Tafiri? So it would, what would it mean to you if some of us managed to actually integrate some of that into I'd, us? I'd be proud, yes, definitely. Right. Um, I think in the school the only thing that is showed is uh, house hucker competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's no Māori integration. <laughs> I don't think that's enough, really. Like right. I celebrated once, and that's it done. Yeah. So I think, yeah, Maori to do Maori around the school, I'd be proud. What about so? I I'll own that it's a big weakness of mine knowing actually how to pronounce things correctly, and I have a real fear around getting it really wrong and actually um, being offensive because I'm, I I don't have that knowledge. So how how might how, what might be a way forward with that? Um. In my opinion, it doesn't really matter if you don't know how to, but if you know how to, don't just say it the wrong way because everyone else does. Yeah. Try to say it like properly, like Mr. Gorn does. Um, Mr. Gorn um, tries really hard to pronounce my first and last name, um, yet he still got it wrong and formal. But yeah. So, so it, you appreciate the effort? Yeah. Something I think, Hadley, in our conversations in the past and also in what you've written, you've made the point that massacring the pronunciation of Māori words isn't really good enough. Do you want to expand on that a little bit? Well, if I'm being honest, it just makes me feel like underappreciated. It makes me feel like my whole culture isn't worth putting in enough effort to pronounce things correctly. And it is just disrespectful. Like, if I walk around saying you know, English words correctly, everyone will look at me weird. But then as soon as Māori words are pronounced incorrectly, everyone's just fine with it and go along with it because that's all that they've heard. And that's interesting, isn't it, Renee? Because it's sort of, I mean, I, I actually quite like hearing that because it's the sort of language I'll use with you in my English classroom, which is I expect you to get it right and I'll be disappointed if you don't. I don't mind hearing that back, if that makes sense. Like. Like, it is actually, in a sense, our job to mm. make the effort, get it right. And if we get it wrong, suffer the consequences, if that makes sense. I, I want to earn the respect of my students, and I mean all of you, because I think every student I have would respect me if I were able to pronounce Te Reo Māori correctly. And um, so, but, but it takes an effort. We have to work. It really it. does, yeah. It absolutely does. And it, there's a, what, what we've seen from you guys this this year and previous years had been in my class for a couple of years and um, although I haven't taught either uh, Tafari or Taki I've seen you about school the confidence that you guys have developed this year and using your voices is really impressive and so I think um, something that we as your teachers and hopefully your peers around you can take away from that is kind of the passing of that confidence to, to give things a try and to really think about well how, how could we be better and how could we learn how to do that more um, so I think there's something really powerful that you guys are doing, mm. and it's awesome. Is there anything in that forum that came up that is memorable to you? Did it feel worth doing? Definitely. Yeah, 100%. What came out of it for you? Um, I've seen a lot out of these boys, including Jaden, um, mm-hmm. who's not here today. 
um, I've seen a lot throughout myself, uh, self-worth, and everyone really. Right. So it's been a confidence-building yeah, yeah. exercise. Ha- have people responded well to it? I would get a lot of feedback from teachers, actually, that we've spoken to, like teachers of classes that we've spoken to, always coming back to me saying about how the kids always talk about it in class or like after we've done the talks, they've had a class discussion about what they think about it. And it's really cool to see that because that's the thing that we're trying to encourage is for people to have these conversations, even though it may be uncomfortable or, yeah, uncomfortable at first. It's It should be compulsory for these conversations to be had. Mm. It places you in the position, and this is a classic school language word, but it puts you in the position of role models. Like, that's that's it. I know I, you, if you were watching, you'd see their faces screw up at the use of the word. But it's actually the reality. Like, people are looking up to you. How does that sit with you? How does that feel? Oof, I don't know. Like, what's happening here? We're, all, we're all really humble guys, eh? So it's weird to think of ourselves as like a... It's like above everyone else, but I don't yeah. know. We're just, like, we're just kids. It's like, oh, time not to screw up. <laughs> yeah, you, start, you can't screw up anymore. There's sort of pressure attached to it, yeah. isn't there? Like expectations that go along with it. I have to say that I don't think a role model has to be a person who's who sets themselves above others. But I think that one of the things that I absolutely know is true is that because you have chosen to step up in the way you have, that there are a lot of younger students particularly who have developed a great admiration and respect for you. And so you've established this platform or mana for yourselves in their eyes through your actions that I think it's important to acknowledge. And to and I think it's actually, if I'd like to give you advice, this is me now switching into teacher mode, is, is allow it to sit comfortably. You can be humble and modest, but you can also accept people's admiration because you are worth admiring. You are admirable. And so I'm asking a difficult question. I'm trying to push you into that place of discomfort where you think about being a role model and what sort of role model would you like to be? But what what would you like people to see in you and admire? Um, Well, honestly, I would like people to see me as someone that they are able to follow and they can look to and someone who is able to make a change for them. Yeah. Definitely not as the scary Māori boys though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think something really worth acknowledging here is that you are paving the course for the next um, the next Māori boys or girls or humans to come through the school. What do you have something that you'd like to kind of impart for them to you know they they may not have to face exactly what you've faced because of what you're doing. Is there anything that you'd like to sort of leave behind? For them, be proud of who you are. Don't be scared. The Maori culture is so beautiful. It's so empowering. There's a lot of pride that comes with it, and that you need to hold and be proud of. But really, just be proud of who you are. Whether you're Maori, whether you're Asian or any descent, what's in your blood is in your blood for a reason, and you need to be proud of that, no matter what anyone thinks. Thank you very much, you guys. Anything else you want to say to finish off? Um, I'd just like to say. To anyone who listens, if kids that listen to this, yeah, that'd be kind of mean. If if you ever think that you can't do something or there's something going on in your life or just anywhere and you feel like you're not able to do anything about it and you're just like waiting for someone, 
just don't wait for someone. Make that happen yourself because mm. you are so powerful. And if you think about changing something, you can do it if you just try. And if you just get like a few of your friends, like I have uh, Hadley Tuffley and Jaden, look what we did. We, we're on a podcast now. <laughs> it was, it's been the ODT. We spoke in front of a few people and that just started off with nothing. You could do, like, if we get a whole bunch of people, we could actually change something. I also just wanted to say thank you very much to Chris and Renee. They are the most supportive teachers in this school, and they deserve all of the admiration, all of the respect. They deserve it all. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, something about English teachers. Maybe <laughs> 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 elite teachers. Oh, <laughs> <stop>. <laughs> This was an episode of See Me After Class with Renee and Chris. My Twitter handle is at edutronic underscore net. And mine is at Renee Plunkett too. See you next week. <laughs>